0: show already. What's up everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. Today is going to be a really fun one. I am here in studio rocking the West Michigan Whitecaps jersey, and it's for good reason. A good friend of mine, we all have seen the conversation with his mom in the last couple of days. Winton Bernard of the Colorado Rockies is about to join me here in just a second. Winton and I played together in the Tigers organization with the Whitecaps, the jersey I'm wearing, and he is one of the best dudes in the world. He is a good friend of mine and his story. You might know a little bit of it from the phone call that brought the entire world to tears, but it goes way back before that. And it is truly an incredible journey that he has been on. And I am so excited for you all to hear it. And now to welcome on my good friend, Winton Bernard. Let's bring him on in now. All right, and now I am so pumped to welcome in my good friend, former teammate, and current, and I can't stress this enough, Major League Baseball player, Winton Bernard. Wenton, thank you so much for joining me, dude.
1: Really, man. It's, it's good to see you, bro. I'm, I'm so happy to be here.
0: Me too, dude. So let's start first and foremost. You've, you've had the most insanely incredible journey, and I want to dive into that. But let's start with the other day. And... You know, the moment that made the entire world come to tears. So you end up getting the call to the major leagues after over a decade in the minors. And what was that moment like when when you – did you get called in to your manager's office or, or how, did it, how did it go before the phone call that we all saw with your mom?
1: So, yeah, before the phone call, I was in the locker room getting ready for a game. Um, we were facing big staff that night against Reno – and so I always get my mind right. I always try to take a little nap. And so our manager, you know, he's waking us up and, hey, we got a meeting. And so I'm like, oh, man, here goes another meeting. <laughs> so I, uh, I sit on my chair and he goes, guys, after 11 hard minor league seasons, Wenton Bernard's going to the show, boys, and everybody just erupted. I mean, our whole – I was going crazy. I was beating my chest. I was (laughs) there. I started crying. I was picking guys up. They said I blacked out. They told me later, like, you're doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, I was so genuinely excited and just tears were just flowing. It It was pretty cool. And like I said, the whole locker room, guys were crying for me. They were so proud of me. It was an amazing moment, man.
0: So you went from sleeping to the greatest moment of your life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, literally. That's why I felt like it was still a dream. I was like, this is part of my dream right now.
0: (laughs) No way, man. That's so cool. So before you even go in to get the logistics of everything, you immediately go outside, and that's when the phone call happened?
1: So about at least, I mean, five or ten minutes later, because all my teammates were, you know, giving me a little bit of love. And Um, Chris Forbes, he's, he's basically, uh, assistant GM, like our director player development, what have you. He told me, he's like, go call your mom right now. You know, like before you figure everything out about the flight. And so that's when I went outside and, uh, got to talk to her.
0: Did you know people were recording that video, that, that conversation?
1: You know what? Brandon gold, he, he walked outside and I could see him like out of the corner of my (laughs) eye and I was like, he's gotta be recording this, but you know, also locked into what me and my mom were doing. So. That was special, man.
0: It was. It, it was special, and it might even be a little more. I, I think it made everybody cry, but I, I watched it no less than 20 times, and I'd be lying if I I didn't cry any more than 18 times. There was maybe two times in there that it didn't bring me to tears. But, dude, I, I can't say enough how happy I am for you. To, to be part of the journey with you is, is something that – you and I will both forever. Remember, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we'd get bored in the outfield and start singing to each other and, and to, to see that moment happen for you. Um, how long have you been dreaming of that moment? The moment of calling your mom? I mean, that, that was a dream. It was definitely a dream, man. I mean, just
1: to know like all the hard work she's put in for me and, you know, she's just so happy for me. She's such a good mother. Obviously, I wish my father was here to experience it, too. But, you know, giving her that phone call and all those emotions that finally happened, um, I've been thinking about this, you know, forever. I mean, not to mention since I was a little kid, but, you know, since the day I was drafted, my goal was to make it to the major leagues and it finally happened. And to share that moment with my mom, um, those emotions were super, super strong. It's hard for me to watch the video now. I cry every time, too. So, like, I don't, I start watching it. And I'm like, man, this is... <laughs> it's crazy
0: yeah it is i uh, i told literally yesterday i told my girlfriend to watch the video and just hearing it i started crying i was like turn it off watch it later (laughs) i can't (laughs) do this all over again so you kind of mentioned it a little bit there but your journey has been wild and i want to dive into that and you know you, you mentioned getting drafted you got drafted from niagara university in New York. Now you grew up and, and went to high school in San Diego. How did you end up at Niagara university?
1: Well, it was, it was super hard, you know, getting recruited in San Diego. Um, a lot of scholarship offers had already been taken. A lot of people don't know this, but my, uh, my high school coach put me on junior varsity as a junior, uh, the first half of the season. And so I ended up going out for track one day to say, hey, you know, I wanted to, to play varsity. So I did one day of track. I got first in every single event. And then <laughs> a couple of days later, he called me to his office and he's like, well, you know, what do you think you're doing going out for track? And I was like, well, I just want to get a Division one scholarship. He was like, well, Division one scholarship. He's like, you can't even start for me here. And so that was that was a motivation for me. Um, I took that, you know, really the wrong way. But it was it was more motivation for me to keep going. And it was it was hard to get a scholarship. So I ended up going to a Clemson camp and a Georgia Tech camp at the Clemson camp there was a coach from Duquesne University in Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and he wanted me to go there he's like come to Duquesne I'm gonna tell the head coach about you the head coach at Duquesne said no so he's like you know what I'm gonna call every coach I know on the east coast for you and the first one he called was Niagara oh wow coach Rob McCoy offered me a scholarship and the rest is history man I he, he hadn't even seen me play he saw like one clip of me playing online and he saw some dunk highlights from basketball and he was like, you know what? I got to get this kid.
0: Wow. That's, that's unbelievable. So you end up getting drafted from Niagara. I, I, by the way, when I was, I, I knew you went to Niagara, but I was looking up that team and I think you guys won eight games your first year there. <laughs> <laughs> <It was> like,
1: <laughs> we, we did beat Georgia Tech one game. We did beat Georgia Tech. <laughs> or, uh, Virginia Tech, sorry.
0: You beat Virginia Tech. All right. That's cool. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and
1: I think our former teammate was there, Joe.
0: Mantiply was on that team?
1: I'm pretty sure he was.
0: Oh man, I talked to him at the All-Star game. I got to talk to him about that. <laughs> <laughs> the team the team wasn't great that year. So, but it wasn't as bad the next year and then you ended up having a phenomenal year, end up getting drafted. Uh, in the 35th round by the Padres. So even to that point, when your journey was already so cool, like JV as a junior and had to earn your way back on the team and end up in Niagara, and then to get drafted in the 35th round by your hometown team, what was draft day like for you?
1: It was super exciting too. Uh, a week to, left to go into the season, I was going for the stolen base record. And I tied the guy, but I broke my hamate bone and so a lot of the teams that were looking at me for the draft said no. I mean, the Pirates said no. The A's said, hey, you broke your hammock bone. We don't think we can bring you to our workout. The Reds said no. There's like five different teams that looked at me at the end of my senior season. And the Padres were the only ones who said, we'll let you come to the workout and you can run the 60 and you can throw from the outfield. It's okay if you don't hit. And at that pre-draft workout, I ran a 6-4. I told the guy, hey, I said, he, didn't know me. he didn't let me know my time. He's like, I was like, man, can I run it one more time? He's like, no, you're fine. He's like, you, you ran a six four, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh you know, even even on draft day, it was pretty emotional. I was like, you know, I broke my hamate bone at the end of the season, am I still, you know, going to get drafted? Is somebody going to take a chance on me? And luckily, the Padres, hometown team, they took a chance.
0: Dude, it, it's funny that you have a story about your pre-draft workout and running a 6'4 and not getting you know not getting the time until somebody told you now I never ran a 6-4 I was not that fast but my pre-draft workout I run the 60 and I finish up and I'm like man I felt kind of fast there like I'd love to know my time but nobody was telling me and I actually Mr. Mr. Kaline came walking up to me Al Kaline comes walking over and goes all right, Ben, I didn't know you were that fast, a 669, and I was like, "Oh my god." I was rolling. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, so I didn't have the wheels you did though, but you end up getting drafted by the Padres and then a couple of years later, you're released. So, 22, 23 years old, 35th round pick, released by the team that gave you a chance. Why didn't you give up right there? What what in you said, "No, nah, this isn't the end for me."
1: I feel like it, it was me just saying I, I didn't realize my full potential yet. I had so much to learn still up to that point. I just started working with Phil Planteer back home on my swing. My swing was elevating. I knew I had all the skills um, to be a professional baseball player, and I couldn't see myself letting it cut short. And I don't want to have any regret. I think as, um, as an athlete, you want to be in relentless in anything you do. And giving up at that point wasn't it. Um, My story up to that point was super hard, but I felt like I needed to try to make some more opportunities for myself.
0: So being in the Tigers organization at that time, my first spring training was going to be 2014. Drafted in 2013, first spring training was 2014. And all I had heard about at the beginning of spring training is these tryouts that happen open to the public tryouts and how much they are just an absolute joke. There was this one guy every single year that would come out and he was like 60 years old and he would throw knuckleballs and a cowboy hat. And I'm like, oh, boy, I can't wait to see this tryout. But this is part of your journey Wenton. you came to the open tryout for the Detroit Tigers when nobody makes the team and you made the team. What an unbelievable part to your journey here. How did you even end up coming to that open to the public tryout? You know,
1: there was a scout back home. His name was Tim McWilliam. And he worked me out in San Diego after I'd gotten released. And he said, hey, man, you know, I think you should go to this open tryout. Um, And I had searched it online a few days before that. And I mentioned it to him. I was like, you think this would help? He's like you know what? It's worth a shot. It definitely is. And so I made that trip down to Florida, spent $700 hotel, um, bought my rental car. And it, yeah, I said, I'm going to do this.
0: And $700 <laughs> when you don't guys. have much money to your name. I mean, no, minor oh. leaguers aren't making much.
1: No, I mean, I was a senior sign. Everybody knows how much a senior sign makes. Yeah. Um, so that's where I think I'm really thankful for my mom for giving me a couple of extra dollars to make that trip. And, uh, Like I said, I saw that guy with the cowboy hat you're talking about, (laughs) but there's also some really good guys on there, man. There's guys who, you know, played three or four years in the minors already, and they're looking for another opportunity. So going into that, I knew it was going to be a big day. And it's funny because as soon as I got out of my car, there was a guy who saw me. His name was Benny Castillo. He played in the minors for a few years, and he was coaching independent ball. And he told me, he said, I have a a feeling you're going to make it today. He's like, I don't even know who you are. I I just have a feeling, he's like, I just told my players, I just looked at you, seen you come out of the car, I have a feeling you're going to get that shot today.
0: Which, I I can't stress this enough, for those that that aren't aware, these open tryouts aren't like a situation where somebody's probably going to get signed. The fact that you did is remarkable. The fact that somebody said that, I mean, this was all supposed to be. Man, it, it really feels like that. So, you end up making the team. You end up, your career sort of takes off in the tigers organization you didn't really catch hold in the with the padres and you didn't get much of a chance but you got a chance in the tigers organization and your career kind of takes off now many people are saying that's because you and i met can you confirm or deny that
1: that's, that's <laughs> 100 you know, all, the, all the positive vibes <laughs> you know what i mean uh Listen to you. Know, I can't listen to that song "Last" without thinking of you. Dude, that was our that was our song in the hotel room.
0: Every <laughs> single time, and so you end up your your first year with the Tigers. You're in West Michigan, which I'm rocking the West Michigan Whitecaps jersey right now. And I, I'll forever remember this because we didn't. You know, I was one of the first guys in the Tigers organization, especially once we got to West Michigan that. You met, and and that's when I first met you. I remember the first game, man. We were playing in Dayton against the Dragons, and I get re- I was going into the cage super early. I knew, you know, I knew my routine. I wanted to get in there super early. I was like before anybody gets in there, and I walk in there, and there you are hitting off the tee by yourself, and I'm like. I don't know who this guy is, but I like him and I want to be friends with him. And <laughs> and then that year, um, you just really took off. Your your career took off that year in, in West Michigan and you had a fantastic year. And what do you remember most about that year in Grand Rapids? Because I feel like that's kind of the year that propelled you to where you are today.
1: For sure, man. It was it was an awesome year. I mean, after a couple of games, I know Shotzi went down with the, with the injury and I kind of got my opportunity. That's but- right.
0: You weren't starting.
1: Yeah, I wasn't starting in the, in the very beginning. Um, Andrew Graham, our manager, Australian manager, great guy. He told me he's like, Hey, look, man, you're probably going to be the fourth or fifth outfielder. We got a lot of guys. And so, you know, I accepted my role, but I wanted to be a good teammate and try to get better. And that was my main goal. And I ended up getting the opportunity. Um, the thing I loved about Grand Rapids was was the fans. Um, we had some amazing fans out there. Obviously, my teammates made some really, really good connections and just having fun every day. That was Truly, the first time I'd been able to play every
0: single day, um, and I, I just ran away with it. And and then, like I said, you ended up having a great year. So you kept getting that next chance. And in 2015, you went up two levels. You went up to Double A there in Erie, and you tore it up again. and And I remember being I was in Lakeland at this time in High A, and I remember watching you, and you were killing it all year. And to me. I was just wondering when that call to AAA was going to come, and it never came that year. Was there at any point that year you were like, is this going to happen? Like, if this isn't happening now, I'm never going to get the call up to that next level.
1: Absolutely, man. I was pretty, uh, I was pretty especially in the month of August, I was having a great month of August, and I really wanted to go to AAA. Uh, and I was on the 40-man roster, so I was really, really hoping that they would call me up to AAA and eventually up to the big leagues. And I was fighting every day. Um, Lance Parrish got me in that leadoff spot and I was trying to do everything I could to show him what I got, but unfortunately I didn't get that call. So
0: 2016, you end up getting caught up again. Good and good in double A, not great in triple A, and not given much of a chance, released. And this is or DFA'd. And this is just continues to be a part of your journey here, is that you're not given much of a chance. When you do, you have to kill it, and the second you don't again, you're released or DFA'd. Was that kind of the thought there of, like, I have killed it for three years in this organization. What now? Like, what do I have to do to to, to deserve an actual chance here? What was your thoughts when you were DFA'd by the Tigers?
1: Man, it was it was pretty upsetting. I, um, I was in AAA, and I was trying a new swing. I was working with uh, the hitting coach in AAA at the time, and he wanted me to try something new. And so I said, I'm willing to do it. But I guess a lot of the Tiger staff didn't really know that I was trying new things, like the front office. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I kind of regretted I was like, well, if I you know, got DFA'd, I would have rather gone out of my own way. So it was definitely a learning lesson. I, I figured from the rest of my career, I was never going to let that happen again. If something was going to happen to me, I'm going to go out on my own way, but, um, yeah, I was was pretty devastated, but I picked myself up after a couple of days after you get DFA to get to go home. I got to work with my hitting coach again. And then I was returned to double a and I had a good rest of the year, which set me up for 2017. If I really let everything get to my head, I would have gone really far South and who knows if I would have gotten picked up again.
0: So you end up bouncing the next couple of years, bouncing around a few places. Uh, Giants, Cubs, and then again that that's done. You're you're done with the Cubs. Released, and at that point you're 28 ish years old and out of a job. And I, I asked this earlier at 22, 23 when you were drafted as a 35th rounder. When at, at that point, how do you not give up? What in you at that point said? Nope, still not done. <laughs>
1: The funny thing is I kept getting better. So I was working so hard on my swing and I could never really hit the ball out to right field. And mm-hmm. I remember in that 2019 spring training in the big league games, I hit two balls out to right field. I was like, you know what? I've never done that in my life. You know? <laughs> I, I, I still had room to grow. It was like, even though it might not have looked like it on paper, I could feel myself continuing to get better. Um, and a lot of people, I mean, they were in the same situation. They were saying, you know, Why don't you just give up and, you know, you should move on to something else. But I just ignored all of them. And I told myself I meant to do this.
0: And you end up going to indie ball. And for those that aren't familiar, indie ball is independent ball, professional baseball, not affiliated with any professional team, any major league organization. And it is typically where the majority of careers go to die not yours, you end up playing there for two years, you know, winter ball's in there as well. What was the independent ball experience like for you? Because I never played in it, but obviously, and you know this as well from the other side, the stories you hear when you're playing minor league baseball aren't great about independent ball. It's it's more of a grind than even minor league baseball is. So, what was your independent ball uh, experience like?
1: I really got to focus on myself at that point, um, I got closer to God. I was starting to read books, you know, I read relentless by Tim Grover, and it just talks about how much you need to get better and being relentless in what you do Uh, on the baseball side of things. It's a whole nother, another level. I mean, everybody's trying to fight their way out The Atlantic league, which I played in was a super good league. Actually, there's a lot of former major league players, a lot of AAA talent, but just getting out is is extremely tough. And I think a lot of people do know that, or they should know that That it's, I, I can't stress how hard it is to get out of independent ball. It's even harder uh-huh. for
0: position players, pitchers. I mean, if you're throwing hundred miles an hour, like people will notice you, but as a position player, people put up good numbers all the time. It is almost impossible to get picked exactly. up and from affiliated ball to indie ball and then get back into it. So yeah, that goes to your point there.
1: Exactly. I mean, I was doing everything I could to try to get back in. I mean, I'm emailing teams. I'm asking my agent, if he could find anything, I'm finding random people on Facebook, GM's finding, trying to find somebody on WhatsApp just to try to get a hold of them, to see what I was doing down there. And Pete in he was my manager and he kept telling me, he said, man, you should be an affiliated baseball. You should be there. You should be there. I'm gonna try to push for you. We're going to do everything we can.
0: And you ended up making it happen. And the Rockies end up signing you. How, what was that process like? You you say you're reaching out to all these people. How did you end up getting picked up by the Rockies from Indy Ball?
1: Well, Ben, first of all, there was a lot of no's, man. There's a lot of, a <laughs> lot of no's. I can't tell you, there's probably 200 different no's. And it's funny, just because all you need is one yes. And so, um, you know, I was working out with Phil Plantier that offseason, the best hitting coach in the world. And, um, we went out to Westview High School and Buddy Black was there. Connor Joe was there, one of my teammates.
0: And Fun fact, Connor Joe is one of my two professional strikeouts on the mound. So. Oh, I'm going
1: <laughs> to let him know. That. I'm going to let him know. Uh, anyways, Buddy Black was able to see me hit at Westview High School. And I had no idea he was going to do this. But I literally got a call from the Rockies the next day, uh, from the farm director at the time, and from my agent. And my agent said, the Rockies want to sign you. I was driving at the time and I had to pull over. I was, I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> after all those rows, um, coming out of indie ball, it was like, I, I had to take 30 minutes and pull over. I, I was just balling.
0: Unbelievable, man. And, and then, so you end up in the organization. Like you said, you, you get signed, you're in triple a, you are killing it, my friend killing it in AAA, and it just doesn't come it doesn't come it doesn't come i've texted you at points this year like dude what do you got to do down there to get the call up and then that moment comes a few days ago and could you even like could you even believe it after everything you've been through everything we just laid out did you think this was some sort of sick joke
1: <laughs> man i did i honestly did it was like I mean, even still to this day, I mean, it's been, what, four days? And I'm just, I keep waking up like, okay, it's real. It's real. (laughs) It's it's the craziest feeling in the world. I think there's been so many times over the course of my life where I've been waiting for this moment, hoping this moment's going to happen, just praying like every single night, literally praying every single night, Lord, please let me make it to the major leagues and fulfill my destiny for you. Like, that's my prayer. And I prayed for it so many times and it finally came true.
0: August 14th, 2022, you walk into the Major League Locker Room for the first time as a Major League Baseball player. Walk me through that day and walk you into the locker room for the first time.
1: So I arrive at the airport and uh, Uber to Coors Field. Oh, man, just getting chills thinking about it again. Uh, just seeing the whole atmosphere. I was like, I'm here. I made it. And then, then going into the locker room like, this looks a lot different than the minor league. (laughs) You you got food wherever you want it. Um, The couches are comfortable. I mean, it's the whole nine yards. Anything you want in there. I meet the staff. Um, As I start, the day starts going on, I start meeting more players. Everybody's being cool. Everybody's congratulating me. Everybody kind of knows my story, too, which is incredible. And um, my teammates, they're just telling me, like, how their families were inspired by my story, which means the world to me, man. It's like everybody has their own story, and I'm so glad I can pay it forward and share mine. But, you know, in walking onto that field for the first time, uh, I got to go out there before batting practice and just seeing everything and just taking it all in, just feeling all the emotions and taking it all in to get ready for the game.
0: Did you know you were starting that day before you walked in, or did you, you see the lineup and that's when you first knew?
1: Well, I actually knew... From Albuquerque, Um, my manager let me know. He's like, pretty sure you're in there tomorrow, so get ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Man, that's awesome. So you end up starting that first game. You're playing center field. You get your first hit in that game, your first big league hit in your first big league game. And what I want to ask you is, were you surprised to learn at the big league level that the umpires is just as bad there that they are in the minor leagues?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Man, I was so mad at first. I was like, "Please, buddy, please, please give me a review." I knew I was safe, but no. I mean, things happen, man. He he made a mistake, and we all make mistakes. So uh, obviously, I was frustrated at first, but I'm so glad that they ended up calling me safe because I would have been even more mad if they still called me out. You know,
0: you don't <laughs> want to be that guy in your first big league hit. You, you know, you this is your first game. You don't want to immediately get out there and be like, "Hey, put put on right, the exactly. headset, and make the call." Yeah. Uh, or get thrown out my or get thrown out my first <laughs> game you know i'll forever remember your one ejection in in west michigan you take Throwing off out, the that helmet was that, that was that was a good one that was a good that was so did you do you have anything from that first game your first hit stolen base run score did you get the lineup card or do you have any memorabilia that you'll have forever
1: so i have my first catch and the cleats i wore they put the mlb sticker on them but I told him I might want to wear these a couple more times and I got my first hit, which is super special. I'm supposed to get my lineup card. I think when we get back home, but all that stuff, man, it's just like, like I said, it doesn't even feel real, but it it is.
0: I mean, it's still fresh. We're talking about a couple days ago now. And, you know, I want to ask you from post phone call that we all saw with your mom. So after that moment, what has been, the best moment if you if you look back on the last couple of days after that phone call what's the best moment that sticks out to you
1: Mm, there's such a combination of things but everybody who came to support me at the at my first game and I could just feel their presence uh, walking up to the plate for the first time all the Rockies fans started cheering for me and I was like, wow. I mean, I don't know if it was because it was my debut or they had heard my story. And I think it was a combination of both. But just walking up to the plate for that first time, which I've envisioned so many times in my life, I've dreamt about so many times in my life, holding that back, t- taking my deep breath, all the routine stuff that I've done my whole career ever since I was a little kid. And I was able to do that in a major league box. I mean, I'm never going to forget that.
0: Unbelievable, man. I, I'm so pumped for you, and your story is incredible. You're a freaking Major League Baseball player, my friend, and I, I'm loving every second of watching you up there. You, we, you've always been a good friend, man, and I've been watching your journey the whole way, and to be where you are now makes me sincerely so, so happy. So before I let you go, one more thing, If and, and I'm excited because I, I ask a lot of players this, but I'm excited to ask you. If you have one message for younger kids coming up minor leaguers anybody coming up playing the game of baseball what would your advice be
1: biggest advice just never give up you just never know where life's going to take you and you can't get too down on yourself i mean
0: getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel.
1: Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you hit a home run or you strike out, there's always going to be the next time. So if you learn how to keep improving, keep improving, keep improving, you never know where life's going to take you. But if you get down on yourself, I mean, that's that's when things start to crumble. So it, it sounds cliche, but it's literally not. I mean, you, you never give up. You just got to keep going. You got to keep pushing. Life wants to bring you down, but you just keep fighting and
0: keep the faith. You are the poster child for not giving up. It might sound cliche, but you are the best living example of it, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. You're forever a friend of the pod now. You can come back on whenever, but dude... I am so proud of you. I know you know that. I've texted you that a million times, but I'm proud of you, and thanks again for joining me, dude.
1: Thanks, man. It means so much. I can't wait to see you this offseason,
0: too. Let's do it, man. San Diego, I'll come down to you, all right? All right, sounds good. All right, buddy. See ya. All right, I just wanted to thank Wenton for joining me. How cool was that? Uh, the, the story is incredible. The journey is awesome for me. To be able to bring him on now i knew it the second he got called to the big leagues that i wanted to have him on the show he is a good friend of mine he has been since 2014 when we were teammates and i knew the journey then was already crazy and it has just gone on to be even crazier. So I hope you all enjoyed hearing that. We are all massive fans of Winton Bernard now. He's an impossible guy not to root for. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll watch his career as long as it goes. Now, but I hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast: Apple, Spotify, Google, and follow on all social medias. We are everywhere: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at Flipping Bats Pod. You can also watch every single episode on YouTube. Flipping Bats Pod as well. Thank you all for listening, Winton. Thank you for joining me, my friend. And I will see you next time for another episode of Flipping Bats.